The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. Good morning, Axe. The scripture today is from Isaiah 1, 16 through 20. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Uh, I invite you guys to pray with me. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Um, Father, I pray that you would just open our hearts and our eyes to what you have to teach us through your word today, Lord. And uh, Lord, just pray that uh, we continue to just um, just yearn after you, God, as you continue to come close to us and be faithful. Father, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So if you could start 2020 all over again, which I know most of you would choose not to, what would you do differently? So think back to like if you could start 2020 all over again, January 1st, what would you do differently? Maybe for some of you guys, it would be to uh, hang out with as many people as possible, right? Get the most amount of time before March hits, and then um, just be able to just get just as much time with people as you possibly can. Or, or maybe for those of you guys that are kind of thinking ahead, maybe it's going to HEB early and stocking up on all of this toilet paper and maybe some of the, the hand uh, sanitizer wipes, right? Stocking up on all that before it all goes completely out of stock in March. Or maybe for some of you kind of business kind of focused people, it would be to invest in stock into things like, like Zoom or in Purell, maybe to make a quick buck off of um, going into, <laughs> Josh just said invest in Zoom. He's already thinking ahead for that. Um, or for some of you guys, maybe it might be to just spend time with the people that you love before you're just unable to, right? Um, maybe it's people that you haven't seen in a really long time for months. Um, maybe it would be just to even say goodbye to friends or to family that you may not see for a while. Or maybe, maybe as you're just thinking back to just 2020 and just processing everything over this past year, um, maybe you think about uh, whether you should have posted less online, or maybe uh, it was be less mean to, to people who are also dealing with having to navigate going through a pandemic. I mean, there's so many decisions that we've made in 2020, and they probably weren't very easy decisions for, for us to make. And, and maybe for some of us, we have, we have these things called regrets, right? And honestly, I, I think there, there's, no, there's no difference between what's happened in 2020 with the decisions that we made with, with the rest of the other years that we've gone through. Because every year, I think as we kind of process through the year, we've had regrets on things that we've done before as well, right? Um, but... The reality is that life isn't like a, a goosebumps story, right, where, where you can decide to go one way and go on this one adventure and choose your own adventure and then backtrack and then try another adventure and see what happens from there, right? That's just not how life works. And oftentimes we're, we're dealt with decisions that, that maybe we have to make on spot or something that we have to think about. And, you know, sometimes there, there are times when we try to make decisions that are just going to be best for us in order to just move forward. And at times, there are times when we make those decisions, and sometimes our friends, our families, our loved ones, our spouses kind of get caught up in these decisions that we make. Sometimes what we think is best for us might actually be harmful for other people around us. 
And, and the reality is that the, the only thing more unpredictable than 2020 itself is the decisions that we've made in 2020, right? And, and as we look back into uh, Old Testament times, as we look at uh, some of the things that the Israelites have done, they've made some decisions that caused a lot of problems and a lot of issues, right? And, and eventually, as, as we know, going through the Old Testament, some of the decisions that they made were going against God, and then God allowed them to be into, go into exile and to go into war against Babylon, and for them to be able to them to leave their homes and go into Babylon, into slavery and exile, leaving their promised land once again, right? And, and what happens in, in this kind of overall story before this whole exile happens is that God brings in these people called prophets. And these prophets were people that were just speaking what God had told them to speak to these nations. It could have been to Israel, it could have been to Judah, it could have been the nations surrounding. And they were just sharing what God wanted to share with the rest of that nation, Right? And, and sometimes as uh, you go through the Old Testament, you go into like Second Kings or you even go into the Chronicles, which I absolutely love. I'm a big nerd when it comes to Old Testament. Um, they had a bunch of kings in Israel and Judah. They were a split nation during that time. And they had kings that were really good kings and they had kings that were really bad kings. And the way to distinguish these like so-called good and bad kings is if they were good, it says in the scriptures, it says they did right what was in the Lord's eyes. And if they were not so great kings, what would happen is it would say they did not do what was right in the Lord's eyes, right? And this is basically based off of how they were listening to God during this time, how they were going to lead this people of God in a certain direction, right? And mainly the, the issue that was at hand was the way that they were worshiping God and how they worshiped God. And there were kind of three different scenarios that kind of took place in how they worshiped God. So uh, they either won fully followed after God. They said, you know what, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow all the laws that you've given us, all these different traditions and, and celebrations and festivals and the style of worship and sacrifices. We're totally in. We're 100% in. And then a second scenario could have been that they kind of followed God, but they kind of had some idols around and they followed some other idolatry. They kept up some of the high places where people would worship false gods, or, or maybe they would marry people outside of the line of Israel or out of Judah. Or, or the lastly is that they would completely dismiss God, right? And they just followed after these false idols, these false gods, and just completely forgot about the God of Israel as a whole, right? And it's, it's easy for us to, to look into the Old Testament, and you may have heard this before, but uh, people think that there's such a difference between uh, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, right? People might claim that the God of the Old Testament's this kind of big, mean bully and, and does all these kind of mean things to the nation of Israel. And then, then you have the New Testament where it has like sweet baby Jesus and like there are angels that are singing and everything's all uh, kind of bright and beautiful. But that's not the truth because the reality is that the God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. God, God just deals with, uh, for us, as we look at the Old Testament, just a larger scope of people and what they're doing uh, that was more kind of rebellious as they continue to wrestle against God. Uh, that's what the word Israel means, right? And then we get into the scope of kind of a, a more uh, zoomed-in version of who God is with, with individual people in the New Testament. And so God is the same uh, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and even today. Right? And, and that's such a really cool thing for us to think about because uh, what God does in the Old Testament is he sets himself up for letting the people of Israel know who he is. Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7 is one of the most quoted verses in all of the Old Testament. 
all of the Old Testament, over and over again, you'll see uh, parts of this, uh, these verses uh, kind of chimed in to remind us of who God is and who he says he is. Because he's speaking to Moses and he's trying to explain to him, like, look, I am, this is the kind of God I'm going to be. This is how I'm going to be around uh, this people and uh, take it or leave it. And this is what he says. He says, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast and faithful love. That's who God was in the Old Testament. That's how God was in the New Testament. That's how God is today, that he is slow to anger and abounds in faithful love. Even when the rest of the nation of Israel and the people of God, even in today, when we are rebellious and we are faithless, God is still faithful to us. No matter how far we've run, we cannot outrun God. And God continues to remind his people of who he is. And even during some times of, of active rebellion against God, there are these people who step up, sometimes prophets, sometimes leaders within the Israelite community, and they say, God, no, 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 this is who you are. You are, you are slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And, and they would intercede for, to God for the rest of these rebellious people. And this is how, this is important for us as we set up going into Isaiah 1, because uh, the reality is that they, they were not following God at all. And Isaiah 1 sets us up where it's kind of like a trial, where, where God is, is the judge, and he's putting Israel on trial. And he's, he's essentially calling out their BS, you know, like their, their bland spirituality. And it's kind of like if you were to ask someone, like, how their day was, and they were to respond to you and just go, meh. Like, it's just, it's nothing like, nothing great, nothing bad. It's just like, meh. It's like this lukewarm kind of attitude in that way. And, and God is calling them out on their bland spirituality. And, and this is what he says. As we backtrack in um, the verses that we read before, we're going to go back to verse 11 through 15. This is what it says. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I've had more than enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed feasts, I hate them with all of my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Have you ever had someone call you out before? Because that's what God is doing. God is calling out the Israelites. Maybe uh, for you, maybe you're having a conversation with somebody. Maybe it's your spouse or, or maybe it's your kids and and you're just completely distracted. Maybe you're on your phone and you're checking your, your Facebook for uh, just new notifications from Axe Church Leander about what's happening, right? Um, and, and someone calls you out because you're not paying attention and not being in the moment with them, right? Maybe it's something that you've gotten used to doing for such a long time 
And, and the reality is, is that it doesn't bother you anymore, but it, it hurts the other people around you. I, I, have a, I have an honest confession of something that I, that I just realized within this past couple of weeks. Um, an example for me is uh, I, I get very comfortable when I am driving. I, I get so comfortable that when I'm driving, I, I have my phone on the dashboard that I just, I just get bored driving. And this is a very humbling thing to admit, but, but honestly, sometimes when I'm on, on the road, I'll, I'll check my phone just to see what notifications or what texts or what's happening. And that's a dangerous thing to be able to, to do, right? That, that I have diverted my attention from, from being on my phone, from being on the road rather than being, and being on my phone, right? That, that puts everybody else around me in danger. And I'm sure other people also are guilty of doing that, but it's, it's to the point where, I'm just like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, I'm kind of paying attention. Like, it's all right. And this is kind of what the Israelites were doing in their faith, in their relationship with God, is that they got comfortable and too comfortable with the motions of their relationship with God in their sacrifices, in their worship, in their festivals, right? Because that's what God intended those things to happen, right? He wanted those things to happen so that they would be reminded of who God is, that he is faithful and slow to anger, and he bounds in faithful and steadfast love. And too often they forgot about God's heart and they just were going through the motions of these sacrifices just so they can get it done. They were doing it out of obligation rather than than jubilation, right? And it says later on in Isaiah, it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, right? And because they've forgotten what it meant to love and serve God, they forgot what it meant to love and serve their neighbors as well. Not only did they just neglect God, but they neglected the people of God as well. And what God does in this, in verse 16 that we read, that the Maslings read, was that God, God challenges them in verse 16 to tell them to stop doing evil and to start pursuing good, right? To seek justice, right? To care for those, to correct the oppression that you've already caused to these people and hurt my people. But God just doesn't tell them just to stop it, right? He just doesn't slap them on the wrist and say, shame on you. What God does is something that's even even bigger than that. God sets up this eternal plan that's going to redeem his people throughout all eternity and remind them of their ultimate purpose and his ultimate character. And this is what he says in verse 18. He says, Come, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And I, I absolutely love this. I'm such a, I'm such a nerd when it comes to, new, from, to the Old Testament. What's so cool about this is that what God does as he speaks these words to the nation of Israel is that he gives them a hope, gives them a second chance. And what he does is that he actually takes some of the language that King David, you guys remember King David, the, the shepherd the boy that was made king, right? The, the man after God's own heart. In Psalm 51, he writes some of the same similar words because uh, he got very comfortable in his power and in his praise, and he kind of just got cocky, to be honest. And, and he ended up seeing this, this woman who was bathing, and her name was Bathsheba, and he ended up committing adultery and killed her husband so that he could have her. And after going through all of that sin and going through kind of that downfall, his best friend Nathan finally calls him out and gives him like a mini parable and, and he finally realizes the wrong that he's caused, not only to himself, but in his relationship with God and the people that are around him. And he starts pouring out this, this raw response in Psalm 51. And, and it goes like this. Purge me with hyssop, 
and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God takes that same language of of being made white as snow, and he forgives David. And and he he shares those same words with the rest of Israel. And he says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. I'm going to give you a completely clean slate. I'm going to give you a a new heart that's going to go after me. I'm going to forgive you. And I'm going to do it through my son, Jesus. And, And this is something that was shared, that God had shared with Israel 700 years before the birth of Jesus. This was God's plan of forgiveness, that he was going to wipe the slate clean. He gave King David a second chance. He gave his people Israel a chance. And he's giving us, Acts Church, a second chance as well. Over and over again, he continues to give us second chances to forgive us of our our iniquities through his son, Jesus, that that he will wash us clean, that our sins will be no more. And that's a great reminder for us as we get into the season of Advent. Because as we celebrate Advent, we we not only celebrate the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day, but we celebrate the, the arrival of Jesus in his second coming as he comes to return and bring all things back to him. And even in the Revelation, what God does, he takes the same language and he puts it into a, a, a revelation, into a vision that John had. And it's to give us hope that God is really going to forgive us of our sins because of his faithfulness. This is what he says in Revelation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb is in the midst of the throne, will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Advent is a time for us to celebrate the ultimate jubilee that's found in, in Jesus and Jesus alone. And it's to give us a hope that, that 2020 is not over yet. Those decisions, those regrets, those things that we've done in, in 2020, God is saying, no, I'm giving you a second chance. Not just at the end of 2020 when 2021 starts, right? But, but right here today, I'm going to give you a second chance, a clean slate for us to be able to live new. That, that, that heart that's drenched in blood, the, the, the brokenness that you deal with on a regular basis, whether it's through the world or through your own sin or it's through the devil. What God is going to say, look, I'm going to give you a completely clean heart to, to love me and to love the people around us. Right? This, this new day is coming when God will give us a new heart and a fresh start. That, that God isn't leaving the world up to us and say, good luck, Right? God is actively pursuing his people in a loving relationship, saying, no, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to be there for you, and I'm going to make things right in Jesus. And that means that he's not done with you. That means he's not done with us, Acts Church. That his plan of forgiveness involves us too. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that... uh, that you completely give us a new heart and, and you wash us clean through the blood of your son, Jesus. 
God, we thank you for the opportunity of second chances because, God, even when we are faithless, God, you remind us in the Old Testament that you are faithful and you continue to be faithful and you show us your faithfulness through your son, Jesus, that he really is who he says he is. God, we thank you so much for this time to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.